Welcome to today's episode of David vs. Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a three-time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Great day, everyone. It's Adam DeGrade from the David vs. Goliath podcast. I hope you're having an amazing day because I am. I spilled coffee everywhere on today's information sheet, but what are you going to do? Today, we're going to be interviewing Bill Borsma from the OC Consulting Group. He has got a couple of audio issues on his side. He was on as in his second house, but I think it's adequate enough to get through, so hopefully you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to Bill. Today's episode is brought to you by Automate My Social, where if you're a small business, you can automate up to 100% of your social media across all your channels and never have to think about it again. Save time, save money, and save energy at automatemysocial.com. Visit us online at davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to receive our newsletter and also apply to be on the podcast. Well, let's get right to it with Bill Borsma. Bill, welcome to the David versus Goliath podcast. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you. I don't know if you can tell. On my way to the studio this morning, this is the sheet that has, I spilled some coffee on it. Uh, and as Rush Limbaugh used to say, formerly nicotine-stained hands, I can say my formerly caffeine-stained hands. Uh, Bill, it's great to have you on the podcast. You're the founder, founder and operating principal of OC Consulting Group, a national life insurance consulting practice. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is the fact that you're a four-fee life insurance practice. So in other words, you don't just make commissions on the selling of the life insurance. People hire you as a consultant. Am I, is that correct in assuming? Am I stating that correctly? For the folks, tell them exactly what OC Consulting Group does. Yeah, so it is a, it is a fee-based life insurance consulting practice. Uh, I started it uh, almost 20 years ago now. I've been in the industry a lot longer. But it's, a, it's, it's not unheard of, but it is a rather unique uh, a model in the industry. Yeah, you know, you don't see a lot of people doing it that way. Where the advisor market is bringing me in for this kind of work for their for their clients, and uh, looking for that third party, independent, objective uh, source of information. You know, that's interesting because I recently have uh, gone through a bunch of life insurance stuff. I had a major transaction again in my business. I sold one of my businesses in 2020, and that obviously created a need because the net worth went up. And then you have to create a need for life insurance to balance all those things off. And uh, we actually did hire, I wish I knew you because at the time I didn't know you. Um, we ended up hiring an independent as well that came alongside of the, the providers of the life insurance to help us structure it, whether it would be with our family trusts, should it be in our individual names, how do we remove it out of portions of it out of our estate, all those different types of things. So I would imagine for the Washington listener, that's kind of what you do. How did you get into this space? I'm always fascinated to learn how people do that. Well, I've been in the industry for over 30 years now, and, uh, you know, way back when it was, uh, you know, I can't say I grew up and said, hey, I want to be a life insurance guy. I, I kind of defaulted into the industry in a way, uh, partly through a, uh, an extended family member who was, uh, who was in the industry. And so one thing leads to another, and uh, it was about 10 years later 
10, 12 years later, uh, that uh, some things were going on in the market that uh, I started noticing and said, oh, hey, if this is real, uh, people need to understand it, be more aware of it. And so I kind of changed my, uh, well, you know, frankly, rather than change, I developed a new practice. I have a few different practices in the industry. And so I started working much more closely with the advisory community, attorneys, accountants, family offices, trustees. So, So they're the ones who I try to educate. Do they ever bring you in, um, you know, if there's an, uh, I'm working with a CPA firm right now that specializes in fiduciary accounting and trying to help protect families on their estate side from their family members suing them when, the, you know, when the program is set up the right way. And obviously they go to court and there's mitigation and mediation. Are you also brought into those types of situations as well, too? There's almost nothing you can imagine regarding life insurance that somewhere some advisor you know, across the country is not bringing me in to deal with. I mean, I, I literally don't know if I could think about anything regarding life insurance that somebody's not bringing me in about. Uh, you know, so, you know, and, and lately litigation sport and expert witness work is uh, the fastest growing part of my practice, you know, due to some niches in the market where things aren't going uh, exactly right. Yeah, I would imagine portfolios shrink by 33%. You've got a problem, uh, you know, with the with the potential way it was structured. The family members going, wait a minute. You know, I don't want to manage that this way. This isn't fair to me. This is mine now. And and obviously they don't realize how things are structured. And I can imagine that that creates challenges. You know, so when you decided to start, what was it? How old were you when you first decided to start your own business? What was that? What was I doing then or? No, like how old were you when you decided to start your own, your first business? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I got into the industry uh, when I was 24. So, uh, I, yeah, I was 24 years old. I'll be turning uh, 55 next month. Well, no, later this month, sorry. So uh, 24 is when I came into the industry. Uh, at that point, I, you know, in a way, you could call yourself a business owner, and I, I suppose I was because uh, it was 100% commission at the time and, and some fee base back then. But it was about four years later uh, where I really um, had my had my own company, and then you know developed a couple of different companies in this market uh, over the years. So let's just say you know early to mid 20s. That's awesome. It's uh, it's almost like my timeline. I started my first business. I think I was 27, 26, 27, something like that. In this business too. I mean, I don't think that I can ever remember a time, not very many times in my life that I actually worked for somebody. I mean, we're going back to uh, uh, junior high and high school and college where I was always doing something, whether it was lawn maintenance, painting, uh, you, uh, you name it. So uh, I kind of had that mentality from the beginning. I love it. We're going to have to take our first break from our corporate sponsor, Automate My Social. But when we come back with Bill, it's going to get really exciting here. We're going to fix Bill's audio problems. I promise you, watchers and listeners, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you own a business? Do you have or need a social media presence? If you are like most businesses, you spend either no time or too much time and money on your social media strategy. Spending thousands of dollars per month only to get mediocre and inconsistent results. This leads to frustration and in some cases, sleepless nights. Introducing AutomateMySocial.com. Automate 90% of your social media and never have to think about it again. 
That's right. Automate your business's social media posting and strategy like forever. Automate the essentials and customize only what's needed. Save time, save money, and get better results with AutomateMySocial.com. Our patent-pending technology gives you the ability to automatically create your social post and distribute them immediately, like in seconds, across all your social media platforms. Stop the madness of paying someone to create posts and manage your strategy, and let our software do the work, so you don't have to. Oh, and if you're an agency or social media manager, you too can let our software do all the work and you can get all the credit. It will be our little secret. With AutomateMySocial.com, you can have it all. It's easy to use, never complains, and never ask for time off or more benefits. See this amazing new software application at AutomateMySocial.com. If you own a business or manage client social media and want to save time, energy, money, all while increasing your return on investment, then let's get this party started at AutomateMySocial.com. And we're back and we fix Bill's audio issues, at least to help you guys get through the episode without wanting to rip your head off. And uh, I, I love I love the stories of people, how they start their businesses. I really love, you know, the life journey from, you know, being a young man, working different jobs. I was a paper boy. I was a dairy stock shelf guy. I installed carpets. I mean, you name it. I basically, you know, like you said, you've been everywhere in, in insurance. I pretty much have done almost every job you can imagine. You, you had the same type of thing. But one of the things that I thought was interesting here that people don't often realize is that there's fun things that you do in your life as well. You're not just only doing life insurance. And I was fascinated because you have a number of hobbies, it says here. One of them was canning and salsa and applesauce and jazz. My grandmother was a massive canner. She canned some of the grossest foods in the world. No offense, grandma. God rest her soul. But she also canned some really good stuff, too. And, uh, and my mom did it for a while. How did you get into that? It's, it's a fascinating hobby. You know, this is not something I got from my, uh, from my mother or grandmother. Don't ask me exactly how I uh, got into that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, salsas, applesauces, jams, you know, uh, you, you, you name it. And whenever I do something, I like it to do, I like to do it big. So, uh, you know, I'm using 40 quart stock pots and making, you know, a hundred jars or something at a time. Just, uh, it's, it's it's fun. I like creating processes and uh, and making stuff. Do you find that that hobby passion of yours can spill over even into your work ethic? I think that when you have it, you have it regardless. I mean, uh, you know, everybody has different uh, personality traits. They have different drives. And so uh, when I find something I like, yeah, you get to go uh, whole hog into it. Uh, whether it's personal, oh, whether no. it's family, whether it's business. I, you know, I, I love that. And, you know, for me, one of my hobbies right now is golf. And during, uh, during the COVID years, I was playing like four times a week. I haven't played now in almost, almost a month and a half. And, uh, but I got down to a six handicap when I was playing, when I was playing. Now I'm back up to, I'm playing, you know, I'll, I'll shoot 94 one game and then, Two weeks later, I'll shoot a 75. So it's like I'm all over the map. Inconsistency practice is the key. And so when it comes to your business and dealing with life insurance and trying to proactively help people as you're consulting them, not run into these issues that sometimes you're brought in to solve. 
How do you do that? Like, so with a typical client, a lot of your clients, I would imagine, would be lawyers and also other firms that are working on estate planning. Do you have direct clients as well, too? Yeah, so so I'm introduced to my clients or brought in by the, again, the professional advisor community. But very often, I'm ultimately uh, working and engaging directly with the, uh, with the consumer, with the policy owner. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different models. So and, and at the end of the day, I'm going to work the way the advisor and the client want me to work with them. Sometimes it's hand in hand, you know, at every step of the way. And sometimes it's an introduction. Bill, here's somebody expecting you call. Uh, run with it. Got it. Yeah. So that's exactly what like, the guy that I use during my process of evaluating it as well, too. It's good to get a third party, you know, view as to what's being trying to be sold to you or being recommended to you. Because obviously with tax ramifications, you know, your state ramifications, all these things come into play and how you structure life insurance matters big time, especially if you're dealing with multiple millions of dollars. Are many of your clients, are they all over the map in size or do you specialize in high net worth individuals? It, it is actually all over the map. I mean, in general, it's high net worth individuals, mostly business owners. Uh, a number of high-level uh, uh, executives in, in doctors and surgeons. But uh, for my 30-year career, it's mostly been the owners of closely held companies. And those companies are anywhere from mom-and-pop companies to individuals and families on the Forbes billionaire list. So it, uh, it, 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 runs the, it runs the gamut, that's for sure. If you were going to ballpark how many people you've helped in your career, you're 55 now, you're started around 26, 27, somewhere in that vicinity. Call it basically half your life. How many people have you served? Man, I've never even thought about that. Now, I would probably say it's going to be in the hundreds, not the thousands, because of the nature of, uh, you know, the nature of the beast of my practice. It, it tends to be a smaller number of very, you know, large situations as opposed to uh, a high volume. So, uh, you know, but maybe I'd be surprised. Maybe I'd be surprised. But, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's when I was you think about, about it, even if it's. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's 500, 600, that's a lot of people. I was thinking about it the other day. I was laying in bed and I was like, you know, I've, I've helped almost over 5,000 small businesses grow their business myself and my businesses. And probably 80 percent of them would work with me again. You know, and and that's pretty good. In the field that I, you know, that I'm involved in with, you know, CRM and marketing and stuff like that. But obviously the 20%, you always, you kind of kick yourself, right? Like, man, what could I have done differently? Did we make mistakes? Did they make mistakes? All those things that you think about. Is the same thing for you? I mean, if you were to think about your hundreds of clients, what percentage of them do you think would do it again with you? I have to imagine that it'd be an overwhelming majority. Of course, you're never going to hit 100 percent. And, you know, sometimes that's for reasons that you can control. And sometimes it's for reasons you can't control. Uh, but I think I've been, you know, kind of uh, pretty good at ignoring uh, that type of thing because there's no there's no real value. There's no productivity in, in dealing with it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's because I've brought news that people don't want to hear. You yeah, know, totally. but that in of itself is, uh, is a huge value. Uh, you know, just because you don't want to hear it doesn't mean I did anything wrong. <laughs> hey, just because it's the truth, don't shoot the messenger, so to speak. Well, we're going to take another break. We're going to take another break from another awesome sponsor here on the David versus Goliath. You're with Adam DeGrade, your handsome host, Bill from OC Consulting Group. I hope I'm saying that right. I think I am saying that right. 
And uh, we'll be right back to talk about what it takes to have the courage to start your own business. We'll be right back. Northeast Capital has an exciting new program we offer to equipment and software dealers. It provides you the appearance of a private label captive financing program. We call it Our Financial Services. Using Our Financial Services, you can offer your customers your own financing program, including industry-specific payment calculators and unique payment options. Northeast Capital administers a private label program tailored to you and your customers' needs. Learn how we can help you reduce receivables and qualify for your own private label finance program. And we're back with the salsa canning master of the universe, Bill. Bill, it's great to have you so far. Uh, one of the things I love that you said on uh, the sheet was your mantra. Uh, tell the watchers and listeners one of your mantras. Uh, I think you're referring to uh, kind of my attitude in life that if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing which uh, you know, sometimes they say is a joke uh, when people kind of roll their eyes at me. Uh, but, you know, you think about it, and, uh, you know, if it's something you really enjoy, you really think it's worthwhile, you know, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's reality. I've got 16 guitars, a bunch of instruments. I make recording albums as a hobby and also as a small business myself. I definitely overdo it, my wife will tell you. I literally can't stop writing music. I'm releasing a... Piano and String Quartet album, my number two album coming up. I'm releasing a full EP tomorrow uh, when this is being recorded on Cinco de Mayo. Full LP. 20 songs, hard rock songs about video game characters. I've got a new single coming out in July. I can't, I play golf. I work like a freak. People are like, when do you sleep? I sleep great. I go to bed anywhere from 9.30 to 11, and I wake up every day between 6.30 and 7.30. And then I am on the rest of the day. Every once in a while, I take a little bit of a nap. But I love the idea of passion. What you're really, your mantra speaks to is passion, right? And every business owner has to have it. What gave you in your life's experience? Do you think you inherited that trait? Did you learn that trait? Tell the watchers and listeners what gave you that passion, that overdoing passion to just go out and crush it. Well, again, you're asking me all these questions, and I've never really stopped and thought about it or asked myself before. And, uh, you know, I don't know. This is just me talking, but I don't know if this is something that, you know, you, uh, that you learn. I think, it's, I think it's something that you're, uh, that you're born with. Now, some people will say that's a flaw, and others will say it's, a, uh, it's an asset. Uh, I guess it all depends on who you're talking to and what you're talking about. But I, I can understand you can see it both ways. I totally. And my, uh, my, uh, my name is Adam David DeGrade. My initials are ADD. Doctors tried to drug me up. I wouldn't let them drug me up because ADD is a gift. And I tell people all the time, the concept of the Windows Microsoft operating system was based on my brain. The ability to have a lot of things going on in different windows open at a time. Some people can't do that, but for whatever reason, God gave me that gift. What gave you the courage, though, to start your own business You know, versus going to work in somebody else's firm? You know, what was that intangible in you that helped you do that? Yeah, that part, I probably would go back to uh, my parents. You know, my, my mother's a pretty uh, driven individual, never a professional or business owner, but still, uh, you know, a, a pretty driven individual. And so some of the things that I would think about in my past, is like, okay, I did that. And I go, well, maybe I did. Maybe that's something she, you know, she nudged me into. 
I, you know, so it's, it's the environment that you grow up in. And then it's the experiences that you get out of that. And then ultimately, maybe it's uh, experiences that you have that you go, hey, this isn't what I particularly like. So I don't want to, you know, work this way or for that person, uh, or I want to have a little bit of, you know, more autonomy and, and, and control. I like that. And, uh, you know, it's not all it's not all smooth sailing all the time. And I have people who uh, who look at me and say, I just, you know, or, or any entrepreneur or business owners like, I, no, 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 I need a little bit more uh of uh, a, a, a level, level keel, know what I'm going to be making every year. And I go, yeah, well, yeah. I get that. It's nice. But, uh, you know, I don't know if that's quite as exciting. It's not as exciting. And when you mentioned your mom's drivenness, I could sense a 10-year-old a version of yourself remembering some of the driving things that she would do to make you do, to get yourself going. And you have to thank your mom. My mom was the reason why I played music in the first place. She forced me to. Backed up basically with with a knife to my throat. Not literally, mom. I know you didn't. But figuratively, it felt like there was a gun to my head. But thank God she did because it's one of the greatest joys of my life. And that's awesome that you learned that trait from your mom. Now, we, we're going to close up this week's episode, but I want people to be able to find you. Because if you're a business owner and you're dealing with life insurance and estate planning and you have a lawyer that you're working with and a uh, you know, CPA firm to help you with all this stuff, don't forget that you need to have somebody like Bill involved in this process as well, too. Bill, how can they find you online? So the main website and uh, is OC, www.oc-lic.com, uh, oc-lic.com. So, uh, I, you know, it's pretty straightforward there. I have a couple of different websites, and, uh, but uh, they're all uh, available and connected to that, to that particular one, including my, uh, my blog. And others, so it's probably you know kind of pointless listing them all out. But OC, are you on LinkedIn as well? Are you on LinkedIn? Can they find you on LinkedIn? Uh, absolutely, on LinkedIn. Bill Borsma, Borsma, how do, and you spell that B O B O E R S M A. B O E R S M A. There's a couple of different ways. It's a good Dutch name. I love it. By the way, it's been great having you on the podcast. And have you subscribed to the podcast yet? I have. I have. Make sure uh, you do. Thank you. Nope. I figured that. I. You know what? I did watch one, and then that's one of the first questions you asked the guy, and I said, oh, Lord, if he's going to ask me that, I better be able to say yes. So, uh, Well, you know, it's funny. I realized, I realized about halfway into it that I wasn't really asking people to subscribe, but we've done pretty well. We were almost up to, almost up to like 1,600 on YouTube. We've got almost 13,000 on Rumble. Uh, you know, but hundreds more on Spotify, you know, iHeartRadio. It's been a lot of fun. And I really enjoy, you know, talking with small business owners who are crushing their giant in their market, where we get inspiration, activation, and education here on the David versus Goliath podcast. Bill, have you had fun being on here? I have. This has been a good experience. Thank you very much, Adam. And when we get him back, folks, his microphone will be perfect next time. And uh, we really, really appreciate we really, really appreciate your time for the watchers and listeners. Thanks once again for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Have an awesome day.